Hello, and welcome to the Black Dice Society, episode one. Nahara. It happens again. There's panic, terror, running, something clawing at you, something chasing you, something you know that will keep you contained not just for the rest of your life, but for whatever happens afterwards. And there is running and running and running and desperation and then falling. In this precipitous drop through the cold, through the wind, through the mist, brings no peace because it's still after you, it's still coming. Even this descent into the abyss will not save you. And then you're back. You're laying on cold, wet ground, ratty, unfamiliar grass worries and picks at your skin as you lay there looking up at a starless night. What would you like to do? I slowly get up onto my elbows at first just to look around and where, where you find I? yourself surrounded by an unfamiliar wood. There are sparse, gnarled trees. Odd howls echo in the distance. And the wind itself blows across your skin, simultaneously comforting and perhaps teasing you. Slowly getting up, do I, do I sense that anyone else is around me? Give me a perception check. Ten. All indicators are you are alone. What, what, what am I even doing here? Can I... Can I remember anything of how I got here? Was that a dream that I just had? Something about a house? Warriors and brave strangers. Brother Uriah, you find yourself stumbling through the mist barely able to see further than an arm's length in front of you. The wet soil crunching underneath your boots. Shield in hand and lantern in the other. Very, very far from home. It's all so strange. I, I recall others, outlanders, I think, and a house in Borka. And it's all so hazy and indistinct. It's like a dream. Am I dreaming now? Brother Uriah, give me a perception check as well. Fourteen. As you look around, on the surface, this desolate forest is similar to what was around the house, but it's not the same. 
something in you knows on an intrinsic level you're not in Borka. For you, a cleric of the goddess Ezra, the myths are not the strange, alien, hostile force they are to so many. They're a reminder of the ever-present nature of your goddess, and yet you know better than most the myths bring no safety with them. Indeed. I was... I was on my way to Ilaluk, the the plague in the lower quarters. Where? Am I even in Rex Crown anymore? Up ahead of you, you hear a voice, faintly, so much so at first perhaps it was just something on the wind. But no, there's something. A woman... Calling out gently for aid? You there, uh, do you require assistance? Nahara, you hear that echoing from nearby. Hello? Uh, I mean you no harm. I hope you mean the same for me. I, I dart up. Hello? Hello? I... Oh. There you are. And are are you... Do you live here? Do you live nearby? I... I could not say, for I do not know where I am. You... I dreamed you. Me? Uh, I think it was a dream. I am Brother Uriah Macorber of the Church of Ezra. And you are... My name's Nahara, but... I'm not sure if we've met before. Yes, it's all so strange. What does Nahara look like? Um, Nahara is tall. She is slender, has very long, curly black hair, white eyes, uh, a gold headdress, uh, and, and very large black feathered wings. And she's wearing, um, you see, like, gold armor on her shoulders. Uh, she's wearing light leather armor uh, in black and red and gold. And what does Brother Uriah look like? Brother Uriah, as mentioned, is carrying a shield emblazoned with the symbol of Ezra. Long sword on the kite shield with a sprig of belladonna laid across it. He's wearing a long, heavy coat and chainmail can be seen beneath it, though both the coat and the armor seem to be for someone a bit more broad than he. He's very tall and quite thin. His eyes seem kindly, however, as he looks towards Nahara. Nahara, you are very quickly regaining your senses. There is a familiarity about this man that you can't quite place. Forgive me for being here as somehow... Uh, my memory's not what it, what it used to be. I, but I feel like maybe we've met before, but I, I couldn't say where. Yes, yes, uh, it's the same with me, though. 
If we have met before, I'm sure I would remember you. I, I will say that I, I wish you no harm. That is good. It is a rare thing on the roads, in the mists. Finn, as you are out on patrol, securing the area around the carnival, give me a perception check. Fifteen. Up ahead, you spy two strangers standing out in the woods. You don't think they're with the carnival. You all just rolled in and the big top's not even set up yet. Hmm. I'm going to pull my sword and approach slowly, call out to them. You there. Where did you come from? Um, uh, I, I was on the road to Ilaluk. Um, uh, I, I did not mean to intrude. We are we are travelers, I suppose, and I believe we are lost. Yes. Oh, you're very lost. Do you know where? Do you know where we are? Well, you're nearest the carnival, which you. Human, come closer. Uh, yes, uh, I hope you don't mind if I shine the light of my lantern on you. You? Yes, me. Yes. I've seen you before, I think. We were together? But, but I've hmm. seen you before then. What does Finn look like? Fen is wearing a long coat. She is a a drow with an undercut of locks with white hair and the tips are purple. Her eyes are violet. And uh, depending on how much of a toothy grin she gives you, you might see some fangs. Yes. Yes, it is you. I beg pardon. Uh, when, when I was a boy... I can Uriah see the carnival from where we're at? You cannot. There is woods in more than a few feet past them. It is just mist. Not so dissimilar as what's behind Tatiana, for those of you that can see it. Uh, forgive me. I, my head is so fuzzy. I wonder, can you tell us where we are? Well, you're in the mist. They seem to have brought you nearest the latest location of the carnival. But now that you've mentioned it, you do look familiar to me. Yes, a carnival. A carnival. This seems like a very strange place for a carnival. Well, we're in strange lands. You came to Rivulus when I was a boy, set up outside of town. I... And you were the one. You were the one who saved me. You have not aged a day. I, I suppose that's not unusual for an elf, but... Uh, uh, you... well, well, please, there's, 
there's no need to draw your sword if we're not out to harm anyone and you two seem to have a history. Fen sheathes her sword and she, she approaches to look at Uriah much closer. Ah, uh, humans. You age, don't you? I'm, I fear we do. <laughs> the, the decades that have passed since last I saw you have scarce laid a mark on you, of course. Hmm. There are marks, you just may not see them visibly. I'm glad to see you still breathe. I have you to thank for that. I, I am, of course, eternally in your debt. Well, tis good to know, and Fen looks over. And your name? My name's Nahara, and yours? Fen is what I'm called. Fen. Well, in these strange lands, it's nice to see someone who is not out to harm them. And I, I don't know... Where Where is it that you're headed? Well, I was merely on patrol. I'm going back to the carnival. Um, we seem to find ourselves uh, bereft of directions. <laughs> Might we join you for a moment, uh, just until we regain our bearings? Of course. Come with me. Thank you. Thank you. Brother Uriah, as you all turn and begin to follow Finn, you feel an odd tug at your heart. As if when Ezra speaks to you, cautioning vigilance in the mist. Very well. I shall call upon Ezra's favor and cast protection from evil. As you grasp your mystical symbol and feel the warmth of Ezra's usually rather chilly touch wrap around you, you become aware of something else, almost unbidden. The supernatural sense that she has bestowed upon you to perceive the boundaries of life and death, and more importantly, those who traverse, and dare I say perverse, that line springs into your mind and your eyes of the grave open. And you recognize two troubling facts is your innate sense of the undead begins to radiate out from you. Both of your companions resonate with the touch of undeath. But even more concerning, you are absolutely surrounded. And with that, we are ready to begin. Hello, thank you, and welcome to the Black Dice Society, Episode 1, The Hunt for the Raven Crown. Before we go on too far, I want to explain a, a couple of things here. Both 
Ravenloft in general and the Black Dice Society in specific are horror stories. Um, ostensibly, mostly gothic horror, but there will be very different kinds of horror experienced over the course of this show. As such, I have to warn you in advance that there may be content that is troubling to some viewers. Uh, the cast and I have discussed everyone's lines and veils. We have a system in place for if something is going too far. Uh, but I warn you, there will be things that could be troubling. Up to and including this very episode, there is probably going to be a good bit of yelling and screaming. So maybe adjust your headphones accordingly. Um, I can tell you while it shouldn't be anything that you're not, that no one should do in a stream, there may be things such as children in danger or ghosts or creepy crawly things that go bump in the night. So just have to put that out there for you uh, as a fair warning. Ravenloft is not a place for heroes. No matter how hard they may try, no matter how heroic they may be in the short term, at the end of the day, the myths don't claim good people. Or at least, they don't keep them for long. And with that firmly in mind, let us meet our cast along with our very first special guest. And I will go in the order in which we have already encountered these wonderful people and start with uh, Nahara. Who are you and who are you playing? Hello, everyone. I oh, I am muted. Whoops, always has to happen. Hello, everyone. I'm Nora Ibrahim, uh, and I play Nahara, who is uh, your reborn fallen Azamar. Mark? Hello. I'm Mark Mir. I'll be playing Brother Uriah Macabre, Cleric of Ezra. Domain, The Grave. Tanya? Hello, my name's Tanya, Cypher Tier Everywhere Online. I'll be playing Finn, your Drow Dampier Bloodhunter. Sage? I also didn't want to be muted for this one. Hi, I'm Sage Ryan, and tonight I will be playing Valentine, a reborn aberrant mind sorcerer. And the sweetest being that's like <laughs> just the nicest of all of these people. I'm oh, sure. she's, she's pure of heart. I would describe. Yes. <laughs> DJ. Hi, I'm DJ Knight. I'll be playing Desmond, a human ranger with a little bit of lycanthropy. Just a little bit. A little bit. Just like, just like three days out of the month. Really? Yeah, I don't know about that, but just <laughs> yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, Becca. Hi, everybody. I'm Becca Scott. I'm so excited for this. But you know who's not excited is Totanya. She is Ergenazi Barbarian. And last but certainly not least, our guest, Voronika. Hey, everyone. I'm V Muse. I'm playing Voronika Naprstayanka. She is an elf druid. Excellent. And 
I have to thank some sponsors that we have for our stream here. Uh, I'd like to thank Die Hard Dice. First of all, there are custom dice sets for each of our wonderful characters available now at the link that is hopefully being dropped into chat right now. Uh, you can use code BDS to get 10% off of our sets in any of the other dope things you can find at dieharddice.com. So check that out. Uh, also, there is Secret Lab Chairs. Uh, it is a throne befitting a Dark Lord. A few of us are rocking Secret Lab Chairs, I think, I say as my headphones try and kill me here. Uh, also, there should be a link being dropped in chat there. Uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, you can get early access to the audio versions of these adventures. We saw you all requesting that, so we're going to do that for you. But if you want to hear it as early as tomorrow, uh, also, we will have an exclusive weekly after show that we are going to tape. Um, we might need to decompress a little bit after some of these episodes, and we will have an after show. Uh, so you can support us there and help us do more dope things at patreon.com forward slash the Black Dice Society. Now, with that being said, on with our show. It is a beautiful day in Faerun, a joyous day, a day of celebration, a day of union. It is a wedding day. Desmond, as you find yourself in the bath, your little brother Armand, as promised, had a small pitcher of mead sent up to you. It's important that you keep your wits about you today. After a few moments, you hear a frantic knock on the door. Desmond! Desmond, come! I need you to be dressed soon, please! It's a it's a big day for me, brother. You said you wanted me bathed, brother. Shall I it's... bathe and drink, or shall I come out as I was in the room? It, just bathe quickly, please! It's it's we uh, There won't be time for the rehearsals at the Okay, just forget the rehearsals. Forget the you rehearsals. You smelled just... me. You know how it's... I smell. Come on! Yes, Give me some you smell time. like an outlander. Just, ah, uh, okay. It, how's the mead? I brought up um, one of the remaining casts we had of Father's private stash. It seemed appropriate. Father had better stashes than this, I'm sure, and I'm sure there was more of it. This is all you brought me? Uh, Both of those that. things were tr true, brother, until you have drank them all over time. You don't remember. I'm the one that has to count the casts. You have a point. Hmm. They are delicious. It, oh, oh dear. Um. Okay. Um. Problem. Slight problem. Um. My bride to be is headed this direction, actually, and it is um a very uh, foul luck for her to to lay eyes on me on on our wedding day. Um. I shall have to hastily depart. Please, 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 please get dressed before she arrives. I'll think about it. You know, you might be my older brother, but but I am the warden of these lands. It's, again, if you cannot respect me on my wedding day, Desmond, no one else will. Brother, you know me as well as any. Who do I respect? <laughs> Drink and battle and on occasion, mother. That sounds about right. You're, you're after mother, of course, but... Yes, of course. Well, she's the most fearsome of all of us. 
we know <laughs> this. This is known. Uh, but <laughs> give me some time. Um, I'll be out shortly. I'll do my best to ensure that I am robed when your lovely wife approaches and hopefully you're not at the door because it's your it, wedding day and you know that's not bright necessarily to be. the best move. Bright to be, there is still time for her to come to her senses. Please do not give her cause to. I'll see what I can do. And you very much hear your brother Armand's nervous, hasty footfalls exiting the chamber. What would you like to do, Desma? I would like to, at minimum, grab a towel so that I'm robed. I have some kind of covering. Because I don't know how, mm -hmm. like, how quickly is she going to be to the room. He didn't specify. Okay, so, yeah. I'd, I'd get out of the tub and grab pants and a towel to kind of, like, drape over my shoulders. What does Desmond look like? He, he strikes me as a man that probably bears a number of scars, but you tell me. Desmond has scars all over his torso, his back, but he is a reasonably sized gentleman. He is extremely fit. Imagine Terry Crew's little brother, probably like six inches short, like a, a solid 5'10 is what I'm saying. Uh, but he also has medium length dreads that are kind of above his head. He is near him is his brown jacket that he's been wearing for his entire life. He wears a wolf's tooth necklace around his neck that he never removes even when bathing. And uh, he's just generally excitable dude. After a few moments, um, it is almost... Um, her timing is immaculate. The moment you get your breeches on and shirt pulled over your head, you hear a soft knock at the door. Yes. Who is it? Who do you think it is? I thought it might be my brother's bride-to-be, but I didn't want to take chances. I don't want to assume. That's just rude. Desmond, are you decent? I'm always decent. May I come in? He like make sure he's still covered up. Yes, come in. And she'll open the door. Uh, rumor had it that uh, someone was asking for a small picture of me. That would be me. Hi. Yes. Brought you one of my tonics, a uh, little less tonic, a little more uh, kick to it. Don't tell, Armand. You know me so well. Thank you. Huh? I had an idea. What does the bride-to-be look like? She is a smaller statured woman, and she's wearing a forget-me-not blue dress cinched in with a corset of tapestry weave that's a mix of golds and blues and rich mahoganies. And she has in her hair a mix of wildflowers and leaves that have definitely been gathered from the nearby gardens of the home and some ribbons trailing down her back. And her hair is a noticeably vivid red that hangs down below her shoulders right now in soft ringlets, which is not usual for her. Normally it's down and then pulled back in a braid, something along those lines. And extremely vivid, bright, light blue eyes. Did you uh, not sleep well last night? Not so much, but uh, the meat's kind of helping bring me around to the day. Yeah, this will help you more. And she hands over a flask. 
Uh, you do know me so well. Thank you so much. That's mm. not a problem. I mean, that is good. you're the one who has to keep Armand in uh, line before the ceremony. Armand keeps himself in line. I'm just here as muscle. And he doesn't listen to me. Well, he is the head of the family, after all. Which is full nonsense, as we both know. I'm the eldest. It's offensive to me, but I will allow this. My younger brother is a good man, I'll allow it. He is a good man. You could also speak up if you wanted to. If it's something you really want, it is your birthright. There are many things that are my birthright that I could claim right now if I wanted, but... My brother has his sights set on what our father has decided at some point would be better fitting for him. Rather than, rather than making that a problem, I will accept that. I'm not one to speak up against their fathers. You know that. True. I can't. I would love to, but mm, that's not my place. Also, if I were to become the ward of these lands, then I'd have to sit in those boring meetings and deal with all the people with their MMMs. Someone's trying to attack our village and they're going to call us. And I like to handle battle, but I don't need an army for that. It's not your nature. <laughs> those meetings, no, never. They would never be. You are never one to sit still longer than a minute, if that. The only reason I'm sitting still now is because you brought me this fantastic meat, so thank you so much. Why do you think I brought it? Again, <laughs> you know me very well. It's good to see you. Now, the pleasure is mine. Are you sure you're okay? I'm always You okay. look more tired than I've seen you in a while. Last night was a hard night. But a good night. Just. It was a lot. Just please take care of yourself. Right? I will, and I'll take care of my brother. And anyone around here. That needs it. It's a day of duty. For us all. Indeed. I would never ask you to go against your nature, you know. I understand why you let Armand fill those shoes. It's the meetings, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't do those boring, sit and stuffy meetings. They don't even have proper meat in the meetings. He sent me. I requested one, although I expected that he would have a stash of wine and I could get at least a taste of his better stash. I do appreciate that. You knew I wanted the meat. Appreciate it. Well, let's just put it this way. Uh, he may be trying to keep things tucked away and under count. Um, I made sure that one of my maidservants has a little stash put to the side. That I appreciate. Thank you. Just let me know and she'll grab it for you. I'll wait for now. All right. I should probably get going. There are other things I need to do, but um, I'll speak with you later. Look forward to it. As the door opens, 
Nika, and you look out over your home on this joyous day, what does it look like? It is that morning light that toys with any bit of moat or dust in the air. So it almost has a sparkling quality to it as the sunbeams play through it. And it is an intense mix of emerald greens and spring greens. There are flowering vines that wrap and wind their way up various trees and fence lines, bursts of color, all sorts very much rich blues and purples surround more closely to the home. But you see striking slashes of yellows and reds and oranges off in the distance. And there's always a slight breeze that seems to play through the branches. So there's this constant comforting whispering of leaves that fill the area. And the people who live there, you see that they're all busy and bustling, getting ready for the wedding. But there's laughter, there is playfulness, there is excitement that's palpable in the air. And it looks almost a little bit of a mix of what's been built was built with intention, but that nature has also been very much a part of each building. So that you can't tell sometimes where a tree has begun and a wall has ended to a home. It's good, Nika, to see people happy. It's been a long time since the people of Koshmar had something to celebrate. There's still too many buildings stand empty. Too many farms untended. Too many hearths dark. But if Sylvanas is kind... Perhaps this is the beginning of a, a new day for your people. As you set out, meanwhile, in the guest quarters for the bride's side, two other visitors are stirring. Now, you all tell me who would wake up first? I would think it's Tatiana. It is definitely <laughs> Tatiana at first. Watching over, checking grounds, making sure nothing changed in the night I'm not aware of, though. It was a strong night for drink, I must say. Normally Tatiana not affected by such things, but revelry was in full force. What does Tatiana look like? Tatiana, as she paces back and forth, waiting for her mistress to awaken, does uh, some calisthenics, small exercises, because you must maintain perfection. It's not easy. Tatiana is, you know, a statue built in flesh. She's six foot five, which is over two meters for people. I, don't, I can't be more specific than that in meters. Uh, her skin is blue and her hair is a silvery white reflecting her air genaziness. Her muscles are so rippling, it is hard to be believed, hence the upkeep, uh, as if she's carved out of bluestone. And despite this stature, there's something about her movement that's very swift and flowing, just like the breeze. She has a weightlessness to her, as if she's floating just a little bit above the ground at all times. Not actually, although sometimes, uh, like, like a feather. 
dancing and she is wearing particularly light fabric um a, like a, a stone color and blue colored she's always wearing very flowing not constricting clothing but usually has a light layer of armor above it although not today today is a day of celebration hopefully the armor will not be needed hopefully in valentine as you lay there with your eyes closed, you hear Tatiana's creaking on the floorboards with her stretches and her calisthenics in press-ups. She keeps lifting the edge of that heavy oak bed over and over and over again. Good morning, Tatiana. Ah, it's great morning. Day for more partying. Is Valentine ready? Oh, uh, not at all, and I will need much time. Uh, we're not late, are we? Oh, no, no, no. Ready mentally for preparation oh. for festivities. Uh. Obviously, I see. Not ready. I'll take that as fine. Um, yes, it's been a long time since we've had the opportunity to celebrate something has been dark times and what does valentine look like as valentine gets out of the bed uh unfortunately you will discover her darkest secret she's not actually 5'8 but she says that she is uh and usually appears to be because she wears a full-length gown pretty much at all times she's only probably about 5'3 or 5'4 uh she is slender in frame and hollowed in many ways, very, very pale skin, hollow around kind of the cheekbones and shoulders. She has long red hair that's pinned back um, to just give it more volume. There are just exorbitant amounts of it everywhere. And um, she has, uh, this morning you can see a scar all the way across her throat um, as she like reaches over to the bed table and picks up her pearls and puts them on first thing and uh she would have a gown laid out next to the bed that was long and flowing uh, a silk fabric something that looks luxurious valentine as you are slowly greeting the day after a fitful night's sleep well what you know Tatiana thinks you're sleeping. But there was something. A dream? The first you can remember having since the incident. There were bugs. And Tatiana looking angry. And you remember there was something about an axe? I'd like to look around the room and see if the axe is in the room. Tatiana, where's the axe? You look at my weapon. I don't know either. Vague memories plague me, but nothing specific. It is a gleaming golden double-headed axe. It is clearly of very old construction, but looks brand new. There is neither dent nor ding nor divot or nick anywhere in the blade but even by casual observation it is razor sharp and she did not have that yesterday 
Don't touch that. It is... I'm already strapped to it. I feel too, something not right. Maybe you should put it down. We are attending a celebration today. After all, it might be an inappropriate time to carry such a intimidating weapon. No. I'm... I mean, yes, mistress. Something makes me just inadvertently just want it. But I reluctantly unstrap it and, and place it under the bed. We'll make sure it stays safe. Yes. Make sure that it leaves with us, but... It doesn't feel right currently. But trust you know more of these things than I do. I presume you have plenty of hidden weapons within your on you. Certainly well. always. Excellent. Valentine, as mm -hmm. you all are talking, you feel a simultaneously alien but familiar sensation go through your mind like tentacles wrapping around your brain be vigilant child you have someone looking for you they approach now on second thought keep the axe nearby okay I uh, roll over the bed and fall to the ground, but like catch myself in a push-up as my feet slowly lower, and then I slide the axe out. The moment you wrap your hands around the hilt of this axe, Tatiana, it just oh, crap. <laughs> feels right. It just feels like, oh yeah, oh yeah, like... This was the missing piece. This was this was this was the one thing stopping you from honestly ruling all these. No, wait, making sure Valentine rules. Probably. <laughs> Can I take my hand back off? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. She you... releases oh, it. Oh, it's it's not gonna be that simple, Tatiana. <laughs> Are you all right? Um, it's fine. Nothing to worry. It's a powerful weapon. I don't see a look of fear on you often. It's not often I feel this feeling of fear. Well, maybe a little party would help, and I'll just kind of, like, extend my arm out to, to proceed. I've been doing my hair in the meantime. <laughs> A moment later, as you are preparing yourself, a soft knock comes at the door. I open it. It is your dear friend, Nika. It's a wedding day. I'm going to pick her up and spin her around and kiss her cheeks. Okay, don't break the bride. Thank you. Oh, yes, of um, course. Yes, wedding day. Definitely it's wedding day. Thank you. Congratulations on your big day, Nika. It's wonderful to see you. Yes, it's going to be a wonderful day for many people. Absolutely. Not for you? It's going to be a lovely day. Erman is a wonderful man. It's going to be a good thing for Koshmar. Uh, Have you come in the door or are you still standing outside? 
Tatiana like pulled me in and spun me around. <laughs> go ahead. I'll go ahead and close the door. <laughs> I uh, Tatiana has tears in her eyes. She's trying not to let them fall. You're just so beautiful. I know maybe it's not perfect day for you in every way, but most ways is perfect. She's a sucker for weddings. Why do you hesitate? I see I see fear and sadness. It's not fear. I mean... I probably should have talked to Desmond before the ceremony, but I stopped by to say hello. I thought it was not a problem for you anymore. No, it's not prob. It's not a problem. It's more just... I don't know, reminiscing. Just thinking of what could have been. But it's not my place to make him stay and do what he doesn't want to do. No, but... What could have been could still be. Marriage is beautiful, love weddings, but love is good. But no one can trap you into anything. And if you don't want to be here, I'll happily see you out. (laughs) Oh, an escape? Oh, but wait till after ceremony so we can drink and then escape. We'll take it with us. A woman should never feel trapped. How about I keep that in my back pocket? Noted. It's open. We'll keep an eye out for a signal. Thank you. I appreciate it. And again, it's more, I know, it might just be cold feet, it might just be nerves. I mean, this is all just come together so quickly and everyone is excited and happy. And I think it was more just, I don't know. It'll be good. It'll be wonderful. It is going to be a happy day. I will be the beautiful happy bride, as everyone keeps calling me. Though I swear to God, if the next person tells me to smile when I'm about ready to have my cheeks fall off, they might get punched. That's a different story. We will also keep an eye out for a signal for that. Oh, that's even better. Nika, is perhaps difficult when you have much on your mind? But I think you choose brother who make you happier in old age. Those are some words of wisdom. She's always given great advice. She really is. She's good at that. It's embarrassing. I look out the window. I don't know. I'll be okay, honestly. Armand is a very good man. He's sweet. He is doting. He is funny. I know in the long run he is going to be the one who can stand by me and help me and do good things for Koshmar. Well, know that your options, those doors will never close. And I believe that if my mother was here, she would say, in the end, whatever choice it is, I hope you choose yourself. Yes, well, we'll know very soon what I've chosen. She would also if my say mother you was beautiful. here, oh, oh, don't careful with that. My mother would not be here, so she would not say nothing. But she did choose herself. Yes. Did I tell you two? You both wonderful. I mean, this is why I stopped by. Oh, Nika, it's wedding day, and I pick her up and spin her and kiss her more. <laughs> I would never miss a party. Valentine, how are you doing? Really, though? I mean, enough about me. How about you? 
you know, I um, I've I've seen a lot in the last few years. I've met many people and traveled a lot. It's it's been wonderful, truly. I'm I'm perfectly all right. Time goes on. We are yet to find our place, but we will find it. Well, you know there's a place here. Anytime, just let me know. And just as you offered something for me, if you ever need anything, let me know. Even if it's just an ear to listen. Thank you, Mika. I appreciate that. Of course. It's what friends do for each other. What I desperately need is a dance at the wedding today. Oh, absolutely. I mean... That's what I plan to be most of the time, is on the dance floor. Well, after the ceremony, of course. You should see what they've done at the temple. Since I have ear for listening, if we do escape a tavern, hear me out, in the back fighting ring. I run the fighting ring and fight uh, most, most days. Option. I, I'm fine with this. It's a very good bet. Yeah. I appreciate having a plan as a backup. It's always good to have options. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't don't sleep too long on tavern fighting ring. Someone else will think of it first. Maybe even both. Maybe a nice little escape when you need a moment uh, away from all your new duties. Yes, I think it's a lovely idea. Off in the distance, you hear... Voronika! Voronika! Come, girl, you will be late to your own wedding! Come, come! How can I be late if I'm the bride? It's, we still have a schedule. The sun will set on all of us. Come, come, girl. And you hear the voice of Charitina, your head maid. She is kind of in charge of the day. We'll see you out there. <laughs> you know what? Maybe distract her for a little bit at some point, just so I can actually take a breath without hearing, you know, that. Can do. It'd be appreciated. <laughs> I better go, otherwise she's going to start harassing everyone. Has anybody seen the girl? I I hear your voice. You cannot hide from me. I know. Uh, I'm not planning on hiding. I'm about to come right out. Uh, Open the doors. This is happening. It's right as you go to open the door. You hear, no, no. Hide Armand. Where is he? Make sure that his eyes are covered. Someone. uh, uh, come, 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 come. We must be into the temple now. Oh, Sylvanas be praised. Look, you've got the mud all over the... Uh, okay, come, 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 come. I had to go into the garden. This, you did not have to go into the garden. You chose to go into the gardens. I'd like to cast Minor Illusion just to the sound of glass breaking in the distance. Oh, no. My place settings. Come, Nika, come. And she <laughs> takes you by the hand and very much hurries towards the temple. Weddings are a unique kind of torture, aren't they, Tatiana? I think it's nice. <laughs> Except for being stuck with one person. It's not for everyone. I don't, I don't think there's a good idea, but somehow I can't help but cry. You're softer Please. than you'll ever let on. No. Just for weddings. Tough everywhere else. I won't tell, I promise. You better not. <laughs> Desmond, as you are drawn by the commotion of Charitina yelling and know that that means things are about to get underway, as you sort of stand in the doorway, finishing off the flask, 
And Nika absolutely brought you the good stuff. You see two familiar faces as Valentine and Tatiana sort of watch as Nika has hurried off towards the temple, but something strikes you immediately. It's Tatiana with a big axe that you don't remember her having in very much bearing down on you and distinctly thinking, I'm going to have to kill her, but I won't enjoy it. And then nothing. Hmm. Uh, where have you got, have gotten that axe? That's new. As he approaches, you both feel similarly. You know him, and yet you feel like, I don't know, like you, maybe he was in that weird dream. Maybe you've been through something lately. At least that's what you think, Tatiana. You, however, Valentine, you don't dream. Desmond. Yes. How was your night last night? It was interesting and busy. Mm -hmm. How about yours? A little hazy. Maybe too much wine. I don't think there's ever too much wine, but I understand. It's uh, a similar feeling. Interesting. Agreed. You both are coy. Did I try to kill you? I was under the impression that that was a dream. I do remember something about you and something about that, like an, an act similar to that. Uh, it's hazy, but uh, when I saw you, I, I felt like we might have to tussle a little bit, and I was kind of concerned about it, but uh, this is interesting. She touches his shoulder. As she says, is not something I would ever want to do. Desmond, you are dear to me. And should we fight, you would die valiantly because I never lose. Then Desmond kind of just like sucks his head down and just. <laughs> oh, you could think that all you like, but I do remember that if we shared the same drink, which makes no sense to me. Makes no sense, but... But it seems that way that that axe was a problem for you and us. I feel like there were other people there too, but I, I can't put a finger on it. I don't know. There were people, they were strange to me. Yeah. But I know you, and you were not strange to me. And you are not strange, and I know what your day will be like today. Congratulations on the wedding of brother. The congratulations are all his. It's nothing to do with me. Well then, uh, consolation, I am sorry for wedding of brother. <sighs> I appreciate that. I would just like to use my telepathic speech to just pop into Desmond's head and real quick and go, why don't you tell me how you really feel today? I kind of respond back like, <laughs> uh, that's an impossibility. 
And we're all friends here, aren't we? Still telepathically, he's like, yeah, but some things you don't speak out loud out of respect for family. Well, if it happens to pop into your head, let me know. Somehow I get the feeling if it pops into my head, you will already know. <laughs> All right. I'm awaiting a party. Uh, oh, oh, oh. And you all see Armand come hurrying out of a nearby building. He looks, he looks great. He's wearing Desmond, your father's old noble outfit when he had to go to present himself for official affairs. An outfit that never quite fit father. Definitely wouldn't fit you. But hangs well on your younger brother's slight shoulders. He's got a small wire-rimmed pair of spectacles that he had fashioned for himself. Swears it helps when he has to balance the books. His long braids are pulled back into a ponytail that has been elaborately woven, not completely dissimilar to Nika's hair, with flowers in it. He's wearing a royal purple with a couple of father's medallions on his breastplate, along with your family crest, and a sword more ceremonial than not, but surely carries an edge, hangs from his waist. As he sees the three of you and is go, oh, oh, Valentine, ah, Tatiana, hello, hello, eh, Tatiana, do not pick me up, please. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I please. cannot help. I, I will count this as a wedding gift if you do not lift me off my feet, please. Well, we've already bought a, brought a very expensive wedding gift, so I'm sorry, I can't possibly stop her. He uh, very much hurries inside. I can. He hurries inside the room, almost actively running to get out of the view of people before you get him. And yes, lift him off his feet. He's yes. I'm happy to see you as well, Valen Tatiana Valentine. It's it, yes. I'm richly blessed. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Congratulations <laughs> on your big day. <clears throat> Yes, um, We're thrilled to be here to celebrate you. Might, um, might I ask you all for your honest opinion on something? I cannot ask my brother because he will deceive me on purpose. He loves to torment me so. Would I lie? Do I look all right? I wish to look smart. Hmm. I, I want to slap him in the lower back so that he stands up straighter. <laughs> <He's dead. coughs> There you go. Marvelous. More like this, then. Chest out. Confident. Proud. Chin up. Oh, this has to be murder on the lower back. How do you walk around like... Uh, Yes. Yes. It helps when gravity pull you less. It's almost like my voice got lower in the process. That's unusual. Um, Thank thank, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I have to... As Desmond taught me, and he does look at Desmond with genuine warmth in his eyes, you have to command respect. You cannot demand respect. 
I'm glad you remembered, You're brother. Smart. And I'll just kind of lean down next to his ear and go, and you also must deserve respect. And I expect you to do everything in your power to deserve the respect of your bride. Is that fair? Um, quite, Miss Valentine. I'm... I'm aware of the, the terrible toll that a dishonorable life can bring. And I, I wish to... I wish to do nothing but to elevate and bring glory to our newly combined families. I, I have high hopes that we will repopulate these lands and, and Koshmar's brightest days lay ahead. <clears throat> Wait, I lost my... <clears throat> Koshmar's brightest days lay ahead. You, you have to talk from down no here. No problem. I, Slap I just, again. Yeah. <laughs> talk from lower down here. It more resonates than I understand. Yes. <clears throat> it's fun because that's when she hits nicely. Um, Tatiana, I don't suppose I might be able to sway you to a position of the captain of the guard for Koshmar. Our, our fighting force is small, but they are brave. No, this is not the place we are meant to stay, I don't believe, but, well, perhaps I give a few pointers. Much appreciated, um, again... My brother here um, just likes to challenge them to sparring matches and box them about the ears and shoulders and laugh. Yes, yeah, kind of what I would do. If they can't fight, can they really lead our people, though? It's no, but you, you have to take the time to instruct them properly, Desmond. It's, I've told you, simply being boxed upon the ears teaches a person nothing. I can say that with some authority. But as a leader, you should be ready for battle at all times. If they don't get boxed around the ears every now and then, can you be ready for battle when it may strike in the middle of dinner? No. Right so when you, you say, to... when you say in the middle of dinner and you start emoting, he very much jumps back, fully expecting you to try and hit him. Like, oh. <sighs> Brother, you look great. Do not make him bleed before wedding ceremony. I, I am not going to make my brother bleed on the day of his wedding tomorrow maybe today not in the slightest he looks great and he kind of looks him in the eye and says brother you wear father's robes perfectly they never would look as awesome on me as they do on you and somehow even though you have flowers in your hair it matches your bride it looks great for that but even though you have flowers in your hair somehow you look regal you look like today is the day that leads you to the rest of your life and helps our kingdom you have this you're great it is um a surprise for nika she does so love the flowers and desmond i i have spent my life in another man's shadow attempting to live up to father's memory if I'm being honest, I, I barely remember him. I was young when he did not return from the campaign. And doing my best to aspire to your example in behalf the man you are and hold up mother and hold up our people. I 
I hope some day I will make you proud. As proud as I am of you. He just looks confused at him and just your existence makes me proud. You have no need to try. You're here. You hold the crown. And you exude the respect that you will earn, that you have earned. You have no need to try to be me, just be more of you. Brother, if there were only time, I have so much to share with you. I've learned so many things of late. Recently, we, and right when he says that, the bell rings. Bong. Bong. On the top of the temple, calling everyone to the start of the ceremony. <sighs> I suppose it's time. <laughs> I, I confess to you, Valentine and Tatiana, as my brother Wells knows, I've spent very little time campaigning in the field. I am not accustomed to the butterflies that come when one is on the front lines preparing to charge, but I, <laughs> I have to feel <laughs> this must feel similar. Jasmine kind of grabs his shoulders and just, brother, calm. <clears throat> and he, he, he like reaches back and packs him in the back, like the same spot in the lower back that she did and just <clears throat> chest up. Respect. You have it. Perhaps, perhaps this will be the day that um, sets all of our grand destinies in motion. <laughs> I will, I will see you all inside. And as he opens the door, you all see outside in the town square, people gathering, making their way to the temple, dressed in their finest regional extravaganza valentine it's quaint and provincial but they've done their best and everyone starts funneling towards the temple a few moments later charitina comes hurrying up to you all again she looks the least dressed of everyone. She has pins along the arm of her dress. There is a tape measure wrapped around it. There's a, a sticky gum and spare flowers. She is a one-woman wedding rescue team. As she comes hustling over to you, kind of pushing her own hair out of her face, and she says, You all have your lines for the ceremony, correct? You will be called upon, each of you individually, and you, you do know what you are supposed to say, yes? Yes, uh, these words. You're sure? Just as you've written? Precisely as written. And she walks right up to you, and she's small. She's maybe 5'4". You tower over her, Tatiana, but you see no hint of fear in her eyes. If you ruin this day for my wonderful Nika, I swear we shall have very stern words. He's understood. You are potentially very terrifying woman. <clears throat> you think I'm bad? You should meet their mother. 
Come, come, into positions, into positions. And she does start actively, like, shooing the three of you towards the door. I, I am shooed. I'll use prestidigitation just to get some of the, like, garbage out of her hair. <laughs> it's like an instant glow-up, Tatiana. Just a little bit of the dust on your boots from pacing, a little bit of the dirt on your hands from the push-ups, all just... All right, well, I guess we'll get to our places. As you all make your way into the Shrine of Sylvanas, a towering building over this town, it's easily three times larger than any other building. And the bell is still ringing on the top, more as a call to start the service than to measure time as such. Inside the temple, Nika, what does it look like? It is beautifully carved stone. It's not marble, but some of it has a marble-esque quality to it. It all has a very light sheen to it and wreathed around the pillars that line the aisle are garlands of greenery. Uh, where there are flowers everywhere else, outside, inside, it is greens. There are fronds, there are wreaths, there are just boughs of branches spread along the aisle as well. Almost like the forest is being brought into the building itself. And at the top, there is this intricate archway that lines the center aisle of the temple. And it's so high that it actually starts to fade into the shadows, and you can't quite see the carvings at the top of each of the columns. As you all walk in, and the people are beginning to file in, you all see a majestic-looking wood elf. She is clearly old, even by elven standards with deep wisdom lines along her face and heavily worn smile lines as well. She wears the combined finery of Sylvanas and of a child of the forest. And as she sees you, Desmond, in Tatiana and Valentine, she very much motions for you all to come forward. Blessings of Sylvanas, Upon all of you. I take one knee so that she can reach me to give blessings. Mm-hmm. She does, and she actually puts a hand on your shoulder and just smiles, and she just squeezes it a little bit, and she says, That is impressive. Normally, I have to take on the form of a grizzly bear for this amount of power. I... Flex just my shoulder muscle in a way that no one even knew was a possible muscle to be flexed like that, but make no other movement. Bonus traps, Air Genasi. You know, you got to work out. <laughs> and she just like smiles. In Desmond, she puts a hand on your shoulder and she says, Desmond, I realize you don't usually go in for the temple but sylvanas hears you everywhere we could walk in the woods and talk if you wish you carry such a burden 
while I am a big fan of the woods. Today, the burden is not mine to carry. It is my brother's. Perhaps before we both depart, you to range and me back to my beloved forest, we might find more time. Possibly. Hmm. And she turns and looks at you, Valentine, and her face just goes blank for a second. She just says, Oh, my child. And you see her eyes very much fall on your necklace. You have been on a longer journey than any of us, haven't you? Long for some. Thank you. I love the necklace. I, it was a, a gift from my mother. Kind of you to notice the necklace. Yes, the necklace. You seem like a woman of strong will. <laughs> it's a polite way of saying what you mean. I don't know whatever you mean, child. I will just say that should you wish to lay some of your burden on another, I am willing to listen. The light of Sylvanus shines upon all, even in the darkness. Thank you. I'll keep that in mind. And, and as I say that, I'd like just her eyes just kind of gloss over a little bit as soon as she basically says, like, I'll keep that in mind. Eyes just go kind of white and stare for a moment. You see her mouth just sort of like stiffens for a moment and she just says and she kind of like looks at all three of you and she says, hmm, what a complicated band we are. I suppose lucky for all of us that it is not our day. It is the day for Armand and Veronica. Yes, it is. And Thank she you. points down to the floor where you can see four edges of what is not immediately obvious until you stare at it for a moment and you realize it's a compass. This whole temple is aligned to the cardinal directions. Valentine, she motions for you to stand in the south. Tatiana, she motions for you to stand in the west. Desmond, she motions for you to stand in the north. And she herself stands in the east, aligned with the setting sun. And she just sort of smiles for a moment and she says... I'm sure Chiratina has left nothing to chance. But you all do know your part of the ceremony, correct? Yes. I will Stop. motion to you when it is time. Can I roll like an arcana or history to see if any of these words have any like... Uh, 
magical meaning to me or, that I'm aware of. Absolutely. All right. Would that be history or arcana? You can roll whichever you want, whichever is going to be higher for you. Oh, then it's a 23. Oh. Excellent. Um, you realize that what she's given you, these are definitely words of power. Uh, this, this is a mystical union in as much as a political one. Do I get the sense that a mystical union would mean that it's unable to be broken in the way a traditional union is? You feel no hostility, but there absolutely will be a connection between Nika and Armand that will last. Noted. Now, Can I once you all Valentine? are in position, yes. Mm -hmm. It's too late for to ask Bride one last chance to escape. We gave her a signal. We'll keep an eye yes, out for it. Are watching. Certainly. Thank you, Tatiana. Just as an aside, I was the best man in my friend's wedding, and as we stood there, as the bride was walked into the building i leaned over to him i was like last chance if you want to go we go right now <laughs> <laughs> i'll get you out of here i actually really did do that <laughs> he stayed if valentine right did it if valentine did it you shouldn't be proud of making the same choices <laughs> maybe maybe uh i'm me being terrible is why i'm on this side of the screen she that worries me <laughs> it should she stands there and holds her hands up and she says friends I am Kuksha priestess of Sylvanas today we are here to join two lives two hearts and two souls and she holds her hands up and when she does Doors to the east and west open up, and from the east, Nika is ushered forth, and from the west, Armand comes out. Chest splayed, as you all instructed him, looking as courageous as he possibly can, walking forward. She motions for the two of them to kneel on cushions that are placed before her in the center of this compass around all of you. Know now, before you go further, that since your lives have crossed in this life, you have formed ties between each other. As you seek to enter the state of matrimony, you should strive to make real the ideals which give meaning to both this ceremony and the institution of marriage. With full awareness, know that within this circle, you are not only declaring your intent to be handfasted before your friends and family, but you speak that intent also to your own creative higher powers in Sylvanas who smiles over all of us. 
The promises made today and the ties that are bound here greatly strengthen your union. They will cross the years and lives of each soul's growth. Do you still seek to enter this ceremony? If so, say yes, we seek to enter. In Armand's, yes, we seek to enter. Trying to catch Nika's eyes. We seek to enter. Sylvanas simply smiles. If she caught any hesitation, she does not let on. In times past, it was believed that souls shared characteristics with all things divine. It is this belief which assigned virtues to the cardinal directions, east, south, west, and north. It is in this tradition that a blessing is offered in support of this ceremony. Blessed be this union with the gifts of the east, communication of the heart, the mind, and the body, fresh beginnings with the rising of each sun, the knowledge and the growth found in the sharing of silences. And she turns and she looks at you, Valentine. I suppose that's my cue. Blessed be this union with, with the gifts of the South. Warmth of heart and home, the heat of the heart's passion, the light created by both to lighten the darkest of times. She smiles and gives you a small nod and turns and looks at Tatiana. Who is just weeping visibly, torrents of liquid pouring from her face. Blessed be this union with the gifts of the West, the deep commitments of the lake, the swift excitement of the river, the refreshing cleansing of the rain, the all-encompassing passion of the sea. You'd notice the sl slightest shimmer in Kuksha's eyes. Armand is absolutely starting to lose it a little bit, but is trying to hold it together. And she turns and she looks at you, Desmond. Blessed be this union with the gifts of the North. Firm foundation on which to build your lives. A fertility of the fields to enrich your lives. A stable home to which you may always return. Each of these blessings from the four cardinal directions emphasizes those things which will help you build a happy and successful union. Yet they are only tools, tools which you must use together in order to create what you seek in this union. I bid you look into each other's eyes. Armand, will you cause her pain? And you see he looks at you, Voronika, for a moment. I may. Is that your intent? Uh, no. Will you share each other's pain and seek to ease it? 
If so, both of you say yes. Y yes. She looks at you and says, Voronika, will you cause him pain? I will. Is that your intent? Never. She holds her hand up and a glowing green vine wraps around the two of your hands, pulling them together. And so the first binding is made. Foronika, will you share his laughter? I will. Armand, will you share her laughter? <laughs> yes, always. Will both of you look for the brightness in life and the positive in each other? He looks you in the eye. Nodding, tears clearly falling down his face now, Voronika, and says, Yes. Yes. She holds up her hand, and a second green cord appears wrapping the two of you together. Voronika, will you burden him? No. If you do, is that your intent? No. Armand, will you burden her? I shall try in my earnest not to, ever. But if you do, is that your intent? No. Will you share the burdens of each so that your spirits may grow in this union? And he looks at you. Yes. Yes. And the third chord appears. Voronika, will you share his dreams? Yes. Armand, will you share her dreams? <laughs> Always. Will you dream together and create new realities and hopes? And you feel him squeeze your hand. Yes. Yes. And a fourth chord appears. Armand, will you cause her to anger? <laughs> I should certainly hope not. My love does have a bit of a temper. <laughs> but is that your intent? N no, never. Voronika, will you cause him anger? <laughs> but is that your intent? No. Will you take the heat of anger and use it to temper the strength of this union? Armand reaches up and wipes a tear with his unbound hand and says, We will. Of course. And a fifth bind wraps around your hand. And Kuksha looks down and says, One more. Voronika, will you 
honor him. Yes. Armand, will you honor her? To the end of my life. Will you both seek to never give cause to break that honor? We shall never do so. No. And a sixth binding appears, covering your two hands almost completely in this glowing, living energy. And so the sixth binding is made. The knots of this binding are formed by the cords, not in and of themselves, but by the strength of your vows. Either of you may drop the cords, for as always, you hold in your own hands the making and the breaking of this union. And she motions, and all six cords just fall away and land on the pillow underneath you and then dissolve into gold and green sparkles. Here before your friends and family, and in the eternal light of Sylvanas, I pronounce you wife and husband. You may kiss. And he very much reaches forward and just puts both hands on your cheeks very gently, Voronika. And he says, To forever, my darling. To forever. And kisses you. And you hear very coy, gentle clapping. As outside, you hear the flaps of wings is all manner of beautiful birds have been gathered, Voronika, to be released to celebrate your joyous union. And the bride and groom process out with everyone. And Kuksha follows them out as well, leaving the three of you standing here in the empty temple. Well, it's over. It was almost too beautiful. I wish she wanted to be here. <laughs> Me too. Well, perhaps the soldiers will need some training on dance floor? Only one way to find out. Desmond, what's uh, going through your Desmond. mind? Yes, yeah, no, carry on, go on, Tatiana. Desmond, you are so quiet. It was hard for you, I imagine. It was about as hard as that, kid. There. It's, uh... It's tugging me in two different directions. It's happy to see my brother... Happy. Since our father never returned, it's... Rare to see him this joyous, this... Focused, this intent. So... That brings a warmth to my heart that I can't put into words. But... But everything. But well, it is done now. It is. And with it being done, that allows me to let everything be done. 
Perhaps it's best you spend some time away from this place. Where it is so painful for you to see this happiness that is not yours. I will have my happiness. But he and she in our kingdom need him. And their happiness. If we we are to ever to see prosperity again, so... But as far back as I can remember, I've dealt with pain as a standard. Pain is a part of victory. Pain is a part of love. Pain is a part of everything. It's just my turn. But with that pain, there is much joy and celebration and happiness. And as was just pointed out, I I feel like some of those soldiers could use some assistance on the dance floor, so... There's meat, there's wine... I feel like I should make myself sing. Ceremonies are a drag anyways. It's the after parties that are the best part. I'll kind of usher both of them. Mm -hmm. He just kind of takes a sip of his flask because there was still a little bit more in there. He's like... Let's go have some fun. Do not ask twice. (laughs) Here, as the three of you hurry off to rejoin what is surely to be a raucous party, is a good place for us to take a little break. The night passes happily. There is joy, there is mirth, there is drinking, and eventually to bed. Sometime in the late night, you all are awakened by shouting and screaming. And I warn you, adjust your headphone volume. I meant to say something before we went to break. But you all hear, ah! echoing out into the night. Does it sound familiar? It sounds anguished. Valentine, give me a perception check. Fourteen? Out your window, you can see a commotion as some of the guards begin to head in the direction of whatever must be going on. But off in the distance, right on the edge of town, you see a very tall hooded figure standing alone. I'll walk towards it. You get up and go over and open the door and begin to head that way. And the moment you can see out clearly into the night, it is gone. You just see a commotion of people running around. Uh, uh, Is anyone hurt? Desmond. In your room, as you come to hearing this screaming screaming that you immediately know is your brother 
You look down and you are covered in blood. All over your chest, all over your pants, all over your hands. You do not know how this got here. The last thing you remember was drinking and chatting up a cute soldier. And now. He sniffs the blood to see if it smells like his brother. Give me a perception check. Eighteen. Oh, with with uh, advantage twenty one. It's not. It's not his. It's difficult to place. It seems <clears throat> familiar to you somehow, but your mind is hazy. It's sluggish and it's difficult to move. And you hear again. No, no, God, no, Sylvanas, no. What is Tatiana doing during all of this? I leap from bed. I stand behind Valentine. We share room. I look out. One of the guards running by. You see they've got shields and spears. And one of them looks like, no, no, please, please stay safely inside. We don't know what's going on out here. Look at me. You want me to stay or you want me to come? Ah. You you should probably come, actually. Apologies, ma'am. Quick thinking, isn't this one's strong suit? And he turns and runs in the in the direction as all the guards are running in the direction of the house. And you see as you all look out, the door opens. And Armand comes stumbling out like he's stunned. He is covered in blood all over his face, all over his bedclothes, all over his hands. His hair is still done in the same braid, in the same flowers. But there is shock and terror on his face. Armand, where is Nika? I'm gonna shake him by the shoulders. <clears throat> it is the. It is as if some cruel beast came for her in our very bedchamber. It took. It took her. It is. It is as if it took her heart from her chest. I'd like to run to their chambers. Valentine, the moment you start to run towards their chamber, a cold streak goes through you. Something you have not felt since the presence of death itself. And on the edge of town... In the same direction that you saw that person, you see a pair of burning eyes appear 
seemingly suspended in midair. A cruel bluish purple flame. And then a second pair of eyes appears as the outline of a horse wreathed in flame appears on the edge of town. And all of you see what looks like a giant of a man in jet black plate armor with a heavy pot helm on the back of this nightmare of a horse come slowly riding into town. Where is it? Where is the Raven Crown? Desmond, during all of this, what are you doing? Desmond wipes off all the blood at the sound of the last scream, or attempts to, and runs out into the direction of the sound. Like sniffing on the way, just trying to see if he can pinpoint any information. As you come running and you catch up next to Tatiana and Valentine that are staring at something and you see around the corner, you see this man on the horse and the guards turn and look at him and say, hmm, to, to arms, men, to arms. And they go charging towards him and you see the horse just kind of rears back its head and goes <clears throat> in flames come out of its nostrils and this man in the armor looks down at them as they come charging forward with their spears out like they were trained to do you all are but children you fight without skill you will die without honor and he raises his hand and a shockwave goes out from him and it overcomes the ten men that were running towards him, and they just drop dead. And you see all of the plants and flowers that Nika loves so much in a weighted radius around him just wither up and die. The veins on the buildings and everything. And they... <gasps> and he very slowly hops off the horse. Boom! in lands and you hear the mud squishes underneath him he must be tremendously heavy I will have my answer whether you live or die where is the raven crown can I answer with with mind sliver? You know, this seems as good a time as any for you three to roll initiative. Excellent. Uh, I was, ooh, I was excited about that. <laughs> Important right. point of clarification, Tatiana. Did you bring the axe? It is strapped to my back, but my kukri is in my hand. I know the axe feels both good and bad simultaneously. Do me a favor. Are, it's well, before bad. you before you give me the initiative, give me a wisdom save. Ooh. 
We got a 13. Uh, you're fighting with the axe, Tatiana. I'm fighting you're with like, the You're like, Kukri, axe. wait. Axe. Yeah, I slide it into uh, my belt and pull the axe when I see this foe with a fire-breathing horse. It's time for battle. 21. 21. That would, uh, that would make you first, Desmond. Tatiana, you see, when you draw the axe out, he turns and looks at you and says, Oh. Ah. You may be worthy. Desmond, what would you like to do? Desmond looks at him and says, You haven't seen me. And he just gets angry and just every part of him just just is ready to fight and he goes in with do you transform or do you simply get a little amped up he gets amped he does he he doesn't feel the full transform is necessary yet but the second he saw the men go down he knew it was time to go a little stronger than normal. Desmond, uh, when you do this and you all see the muscles ripple, you can actually hear the leather in his armor start to strain as he begins to puff up slightly. You see Armand, for the first time, snaps out of it. And he just puts a hand on your arm and he says, Brother... Brother, I fear that we are not this foe's equal. I have already lost so much today. I could not bear to lose you as well. And he draws his sword and he says, I will, I will fight with you, but perhaps, perhaps discretion is the better part of valor. Perhaps we should simply get our friends and family to safety. And before he says, he finishes the word safety, Desmond reaches, grabs him by the chest and says, listen to me. And he just like shoves him back and says, he came to our home. He murdered his wife. And now he aims to fight. I aim to give him one. I've slain no wives today. I slay no unarmed foe. And he looks at you and you see he pulls out a great sword that is almost as long as you are. But it if it's death you seek, come forth, warrior. What would you like to do, Desmond? Desmond hears that and just says <laughs> Death would not reach me today. And he he knows that he wants to go in for a melee attack, but he, he uses discretion in this attempt and figures it'd be a better choice to go for a bow. Because he keeps his bow on him, and he just kind of unsheathes his bow and he just takes aim to shoot. And I imagine I'm rolling for All that. Do roll. But hold on before you give me the number. Get the number. But all three of you give me perception checks. Seventeen. 
21. 22, although I am gone berserk. Did you say 22? No? Is that what you said, Tatiana? 17. Ah, 17. Um, as all of you look at this man here, you see that he is wearing what probably once was very ornate armor, but it is now worn and decrepit and dinged with countless battles. And there is only, there is a purplish plume of horsehair out of the top of his helmet. And you can make out in the center of his chest a single burned black rose. Give me your attack roll, Desmond. Oh, it was trash. Seven. <laughs> Desmond, you fire this arrow and it flies true and hits him in the center of the chest and just snaps. And he just looks down at it. Pathetic. And he just sort of like shakes his head for a moment and says, You are not worthy of my attention yet. And he points at the Temple of Sylvanus. And you see that beautiful, magnificent building erupts in green and purple flames. <laughs> you hear the creaking of the beams inside you hear the rope holding the bell at the top burns and snaps and you hear <laughs> as it crashes down into the sanctuary and he looks at all of you and he just holds his hands out to the sides and he says you will give me what i want one way or the other. And that makes it Valentine's turn. Excellent. I would like to cast Dissonant Whispers. Uh, that is a wisdom save. Let me double check something. Sorry. This is where we find out if save spells are not a good idea here. <laughs> it's true. We're about to find We're out. We're having a learning experience. Uh, is Dissonant Whispers damage or does it frighten him? Uh, it is damage. Um, mm -hmm. uh, on a failed save, it takes 3d6s of psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction and get as far away from me. So it also becomes essentially frightened. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage for me. Excellent. You right, see... Oh, go ahead. Seven points of damage. You all see this flash of light go off around his head. And he winces for a moment. And he looks at you and he says... Fear? I've forgotten the taste of it. As a bonus action, I would like to telepathic link and just say well then what can I help you find roll insight for me valentine alright that is a 17 you don't feel anger there is a swirling maelstrom in his mind 
but it is mostly desperation and guilt. To be clear, there is an intense evil at work here. <laughs> but it is not rage or anger that you feel. He doesn't say anything to you in response. But you get all of that immediately. And after a moment, he just says, Do you know where it is? What might it be? I heard something about a, a raven crown, is that correct? Valentine, you're aware that he tries to show something to you? Give me a wisdom save. another 17 it's all with different modifiers but i just keep getting 17s a blinding pain shoots through your mind in that familiar you're aware he's trying to show you something and that familiar voice rises up it isn't time for you to know that child it isn't time Well, then I'm afraid I can't help you. And he doesn't say anything else. Is that it for Valentine? That's it for me. Tatiana. I had taken off running, hopefully before reaching for the axe on my back. Uh, and I wanted to get as far away from Desmond and Valentine as possible before touching it. Mm -hmm. So I run to sort of flank him. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to be sneaky. I'm just running past his horse. Mm -hmm. And then I pull out the berserker axe. I touch it, and as soon as I do, uh, I am lost in my mind. I, I don't know what's come over me, but when I see the temple explode, I'd like to also go into a rage. Excellent. Uh, you can still attack, because that is just move in your bonus action, so have at it. Okay. Uh, we're gonna swing double-handed. Okay. As one and does. And get a crit fail. A one? Yeah. I mean, it's a three, but <laughs> it's a one. Tatiana, you howl in rage and swing the axe. And while he's looking at Valentine, without looking at you, he just holds his hand out and he catches it. And he looks at you and says, You have the heart of a true warrior. We will do this when you are ready. I will find you. And Tatiana, you feel an intense pain shoot through you is desmond and valentine you all see on her back right in the middle of her shoulder blades what looks like a black rose is branded on her uh oh god anything else from tatiana well technically even though i rolled a crit fail with raging, I should have advantage. Absolutely. Roll again. 
Okay. Oh, yes. A nine. Tatiana, you attempt to muscle it. And this has never happened to you before because he's about seven foot, but you realize a lot of that is the armor. But you're close enough to see those burning eyes in there's nothing else in there. You can maybe it's just dark. You can't make out a face. You can't make out anything, but you've never had anything in this world or the next resist you like this. What sick darkness lies within you? Mm. Disgusted. He turns and looks at you, Desmond, and he says, It's clear. You care about these people. You care about this land. I will do you a favor. I shall reunite you. And right when he says that, all the dead soldiers start to stand up again. And in the cemetery next to the burning temple, hands come out is skeletal bodies wearing worn and rotting finery begetting the warriors of times past start coming out of the ground and he looks at you Tatiana and lets go of the axe hmm you might have need of this I think and that brings us back around to you Desmond is now these undead masses are starting to gather around him. Interesting. He just looks to try to find the nearest enemy to see who's nearest to him. As of yet, they're all more kind of forming up around him. Like it's clear they're about to charge. He just, he has Tatiana, but lets her go. Although you see this mark on her back, but you kind of have um, a target-rich environment. <laughs> and he just kind of stares at him and says, what have you done to her? I don't know who she is. But he very much like turns his head and looks at you and says, but I suspect I will find out. And he, you hear Armand say to you, Brother, brother, what, what is happening? What is this? Look! And he looks back behind you. And you see from the other side of town, what looks like a tidal wave of thick mist blowing in. And Armand readies his sword and he looks at you and he's like, whatever fate befalls us today, we shall die together, yes? Desmond just... He puts his hand on his brother's shoulder and just looks him in the eyes. It's his brother. If we both die today, 
lead the kingdom. And he opens his mouth to say something as this tidal wave of mist comes rolling in. And he turns his head and he looks at you, Tatiana, and says, eh, Tis not to be tonight. I will find you. No one and nothing escapes Lord Soth. Meanwhile, in the mist, you all hear screaming in chaos as the mist blows over you. And Valentine, Tatiana, and Desmond, you find yourself standing in a sparse forest clearing surrounded by three people that you've only seen before in your dreams. And outside... Wait, I gotta go to my right thing. Nope, hang on. This is the right one. And apparently, <laughs> I didn't make that one. There you go, y'all. Hoisted by my own ambitious production goals, <laughs> which I was told. I was expressly warned what happened. Brother Uriah, you are the first person to recognize all of them, and you are completely aware of the fact that there are undead all around you that immediately begin to charge. Everyone, to arms! To arms, we are surrounded! Nahara, Finn, and Brother Uriah, please give me your initiative as well. Oh boy. <laughs> 12. Uh, that was a, it was a 21 for Desmond, right? Yes. That Dirty 20 for Finn. Perfect. Give me just one second here. Dirty 20, Finn. Um, Nahara? 12 for me. Okay. And Brother Uriah? I'm very busily warning everyone, and so I want to make sure that I don't <laughs> do any attacking until that's done. So a three. <laughs> Always a saint. Brother Uriah. Desmond, you see these strange people, but you hear all around you. <gasps> and those same undead that you just saw come charging out of the mist in your direction. But there is no sign of this Lord Soth and no sign of your family and no sign of of Armand. He was right next to you, but he's gone. He just kind of looks at the group, still just half enraged, and just looks around and just says, Where are we? Where are we? What happened to my brother? Your brother? I'm, I'm a brother? Not that kind of brother. Yeah, I don't think so. That's, that, no. You, you all... I remember you all from the house, the dream. I thought it was a dream. Watch yourself. We're completely surrounded by undead. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, uh, yes. 
like to take off running away from the group as fast as possible into the woods. Okay, perfect. Well, it's uh, Desmond. What? It is your turn. Um, Tatiana was still some distance away from you because she'd closed uh, hand to hand uh, with Lord Soth while the rest of you hadn't. But you all see she very much takes off running um, further away from you. Uh, Desmond, there are skeletons and zombies coming in on all sides. Uh, there is probably about 12 of them. Oh. That's fun. So... Desmond being the guy that he is, is, uh, like really doesn't care about them. And he just looks around and says, hope you're ready to fight. And he points at the nearest enemy looking to see which one it is. He's literally all around you. Oh, well, perfect then. Yeah. Uh, going to attack the nearest enemy that is closest to where I'm standing. And also, uh, where Tatiana was going to be standing. <laughs> Tatiana was like, I'm out. Right. Uh, he figured that the axe was a good idea, but he wanted to like kind of just bound to where other team members are. Trust uh, me, you don't want to be anywhere near that axe. Oh, he knows. <laughs> but he does remember that the rest of the team, he remembers that the axe was a big deal and that once started, she couldn't be stopped. So... He just kind of gets closer to that, but also closer to the other team member and, and just reaches to swing at the nearest enemy with dual short swords. Would you like to go after a skeleton? Actually, uh, give me a survival check, Desmond. Ooh, yay. <laughs> Probably going to die. It's a five. Nope, seems legit. Would you like to go after a skeleton or after um, a zombie? Zombie. Hmm. Perfect. Roll. And roll is a 19 after the hit bonus. All right. Uh, that is uh, that is enough to hit it. And since it's the dual short sword, I just roll each. Uh, your two separate attacks. Perfect. First attack, seven. Second attack, four. All right, seven and four. Uh, you cut deeply into this thing, uh, hacking away at pieces of it, but it just sort of like turns its head and looks at you and opens its mouth like it's gonna say something and its jaw just falls off. <laughs> Finn, uh, it is your turn. Oh boy, uh, what is nearest to me? Uh, Again, they are literally on all sides, uh, except for the direction that Tatiana went. You there, because the you all kind of appeared together, and they're all coming in on you. Although Tatiana is basically heading away from the group. All right, I'm just gonna swing at whatever's closest. Perfect. Would you prefer a? Um, you also give me a survival check. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, oh, wait, I get advantage on survival. Hey. That is a whole four. Seems legit. Would you like to go after a skeleton <laughs> or a zombie? You easily easily can get to both. Uh, I'll take a, a skeleton for 500. Perfect. You can roll your attack. 
Ooh, this dice has turned against me this week. <sighs> that that was a seven. You, uh, how are you attacking? Uh, with my long sword. You turn and stab your sword right through this thing that would have killed someone living, but it just slides right between its ribs. And it just looks up at you and goes... <laughs> I hiss at it and let my fangs down. Anything else from Finn? Uh, no, unless I can pull my sword out as a free, da- free action. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of just juice and j- loose and jangly in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd like my sword back, please. Perfect. Valentine, it is your turn. Interesting. Well, I would like to try and charm a zombie. Uh, give me an arcana check. All right, that is a dirty 20. Uh, let me just check one thing here. Oops. I have too many versions of this game floating around in my mind. Excellent. Uh, with a dirty 20, you are aware there is no mind charm. There's nothing there. Uh, great. Then in that case, uh, there's most of my things are going to be perfectly useless. Uh, I'll just go in with a dagger. <laughs> uh, perfect. Just, I know I've been watching things like essentially stick through them, but see if I can just crack a crack a rib on a skeleton. Then, uh, theoretically, mind sliver would work on them, uh, if you so chose. Theoretically, right. yeah. Then I'll, I'll use hmm. a mind sliver. Uh, let me just double check one thing here. Again, here I'm telling you, I'm like, this will work. And then I'm all like, actually, let me double <laughs> will check. Will that work? Right, I'm like, are mind things working? On the yeah. What happened was. Yes, uh, they are immune to mind-altering effects, but they are not innately immune to psychic damage. All right, uh, excellent. Um, so do uh, a zombie or a skeleton? Let's go for a zombie then. Perfect. Uh, the same one Desmond's on or a different one? Sure, yeah, I'll help Desmond. All right. Uh, what does it need to save? An intelligent save. <laughs> How smart is it? And so what, what's the number it needs to beat? Uh, 12. Um, ironically enough, I did roll high enough. However, it's got a significant negative to its intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And does not make the save. So how much damage do you do? Six points of damage. You all see Valentine holds her head up in this, a big chunk of its head literally goes and it just sort of like reels, but still looks at you, Desmond, like coming forward. But you have absolutely damaged it. Mm -hmm. Can I see where Tatiana has gone? Like, is Tatiana still inside or is Tatiana just gone? Uh, she's heading away. I mean, the mist is thick. Like you really, if she runs too far, she, she will disappear into the mist, but. Okay. My hope was that if I can see her, if she's within about 30 feet to try and telepath blink to be like, what do you do? Where are you going? Uh, considering it technically hasn't been her turn yet. I will say that she's still within 30 feet, uh, for you to say that to her. Great. (laughs) And she's used to being yelled at in her head by me. I'm assuming. (laughs) I am worried for you. I do not wish to hurt you with this axe. I don't trust myself with it. I don't know. It would be really helpful if you hurt a zombie with it, though. Okay. 
Oh, Tatiana, there's zombies in the direction you're running. You all are surrounded. I mean, you could you could be heading towards zombies and away from them. You can do both. Yeah. I'll handle this side. Right. <laughs> but don't come too close, please. Sure. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, that brings us to the zombies turn. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they are basically all going to swing at each of you once. My delightful squishy babies. Just swinging with their hands. Um, Valentine, you see one comes right towards you and is about to raise its hand to hit you. And it's like something stops it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it doesn't attack you uh finn uh, we'll come back to the skeletons momentarily uh well finn uh one of the skeleton one of the zombies uh very very badly attempts to swing at you it just kind of goes but you notice its arm is broken so it's more like its elbow just kind of whips in your direction uh what is your ac desmond AC is trying to see where it is on the sheet because I'm a doofus. No problems. That uh, kind of yeah, kind of near the top. Oh, perfect. Uh, Thirteen. Uh, the one that you have stabbed literally just hauls off and punches you in the face for four points of damage. Oh, interesting. Uh, brother Uriah, what is your AC? 18. And, uh, they will be at disadvantage because I'm under the effects of protection from evil. You are still under the advantage. Actually, I need to double check something. Um, oh yeah, they, they are evil. I was about to say, I was like, are they evil? They kind of don't have an opinion on things, uh, but they are evil. Uh, you see one of the zombies comes and bites down on you, Brother Uriah, but his teeth just clang against the chain mail. As one would. Uh, Nahara, what is your AC? Uh, it's not, not as high, it's a 13. <laughs> Uh, one of these things runs over and just slams into you with its arm also for four points of damage, Nahara. I'll just, I'll take the hit, but I'll glare back at them. (laughs) (laughs) And Tatiana, uh, one of them, like, you're just running already and it's like, and very much swings at where you were as you just, like, move past it here. Uh, Yeah. And that brings us to um, Nahara. It is your turn. <laughs> and I will hurl an Eldritch Blast at that zombie baby. Have at it. Roll. Ooh, 24. That is more than enough. And a little hit for nine points of damage. Perfect. You blow a gigantic chunk out of its center mass, and it just sort of looks down and, goes, ah, and keeps coming forward. Uh, anything else for Nahara? 
No, I'm just standing very still and glaring. Perfect. Uh, it is now the skeleton's turn. Which I thought I was being a great fellow by splitting it up. Um, let's see. Um, same thing, Brother Uriah. You see this thing come charging towards you, and it's like... And holds its sword up. And it's like it looks at you, and it kind of, like, flinches for a second. And, and just seems like it misses wildly. Once again, the screams are as if it had scored a critical hit. Get it off! No! No! Back! <laughs> Uh, the skeletons seem far less capable than the zombies do. Just like, <gasps> in uh, Desmond, uh, again, what is your AC, sir? I apologize. 13. Um, and Finn, what is your AC? 13. The It misses you, Desmond, and the one that you stabbed right through, Finn, looks down at where you tried to stab it and immediately stabs you back for five points of damage. Rude. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that brings us back to Tatiana. Tatiana is feeling rage, anger, confusion, all things at once. And I want to uh, turn towards the nearest zombie on my edge of this battlefield. And I want to swing this berserker battle axe once again. Dual-handed. Go ahead and roll. Okay, hold on. I also, uh, I don't think it's added in here that it is a magic item. So that gives it plus one. And then my rage. Uh, so it, should be, it should be accounted for it in D&D Beyond, I think. Is it? Okay. It should. Then... then then we'll put the rage in there. That makes it eleven. Uh, against the against a zombie. A zombie. That is enough. It seems like the skeletons all have on like the vestiges of old armor. The zombies don't. So go ahead and uh, roll your damage. That is a hit. Oh, it will look more impressive this way. <laughs> or hit. <laughs> okay. Seven. All right. Uh, you just bury this axe in it in a giant hunk of it. Just sort of like it cracks down the middle and kind of slides apart, but is very much still up and fighting. These things are terrible. Anything else from Tatiana? Um, is the connection with Valentine still open? So you have a choice. Uh, because you will recall from your dream, you need to get more than 60 feet away, but she can talk to you within 30. So if you're I close can, enough to, I'm, I'm sorry, Once we make the link, I can talk within two miles. She just has to be within 30 feet when I make the connection. Hey! Oh. Then, get him. Then you, yeah, we gotta sink our walkie-talkie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, then yes, you absolutely can. And I will say you've moved more than 60 feet away from the group. Excellent. Uh, these things go for zombies is easier, but they are not easy to kill. Easier, but not easy. Excellent. I don't know what better advice to give. That's, but... Thank you. I, I, I apologize. It's a stressful time. Thank you. 
I will try to take them all out for you, mistress. For honor. Just don't die. Is noted. Tatiana, also give me a survival check, please. Okay, yeah. Thirteen. Uh, Tatiana, you've broken a lot of bones in your time, both giving and receiving. You, these skeletons are hard to cut, but they're probably easier to bludgeon. Just brute force. Smash them. Mm. Noted. <laughs> uh, and that brings us to Brother Uriah. Uh, again, you have basically been enjoined now by in our small army of zombies and skeletons uh, doing battle with you all in uh, that statuesque barbarian woman having <laughs> run off just to the edge of your vision. Uh, you are muted, good sir. Yes, my eyes of the grave are still active, so obviously I can see that these are undead. But what of my party? You mentioned that I was receiving undead residents from both Fen and Ahara. And, and now, additionally, from this red-headed stranger as well, who also seems familiar, but she too is resonating to your per to your perception. Yes, and I, I called that large gentleman over there my dream. He said he was a lycanthrope. And the only person I feel remotely safe with has just run off into the mist. So uh, I glance over at Fen, and for a moment a memory stirs within me. I see my hand as a child being taken from hers. I steal myself and rush to her side. Have any of the zombies or skeletons fighting her been injured already? Damn. Um... She did not injure the one that is... There is one that is on her. Currently, the one fighting Desmond looks pretty bad off. Um, then that shall be my target. Yes. I call out, Ezra bids you return to your grave as the dolorous sound of Toll the Dead fills the air. Uh, what is the save that it needs to beat? This will be a DC-13 wisdom save. I know it will come as a tremendous shock, but these creatures are not overly wise. <laughs> um, roll your damage. Uh, this will be, because it has already taken damage, a D12. Mm -hmm. Six points of damage. Desmond, right in front of you, you hear Brother Uriah call out and boom, and you see the zombie and drops down to the ground. And after a moment, its eyes open again, Desmond. <gasps> and begins to stand back up again. Have I ever seen the like of this? Give me either Arcana or Religion, Brother Uriah. You're from the mist, so you've probably run into your fair share of undead, especially as a cleric of the grave. Dirty 20. Absolutely. The hard part isn't just killing them, it's keeping them dead. You, with a dirty 20, I will say you are aware that certain forms of divine damage, divine damage or just massive catastrophic damage are what it takes to stop them permanently. Ah, yes. My mistake was attacking with necrotic damage. <laughs> Anything else from Brother Uriah? That should be it for me. Uh, Desmond, we are back around to you. 
Desmond just looks at the brother and says, Thanks. Oh. I hope I have need. And he looks down and he just fully rages out and changes. What does that look He's, like? He just braces and just and just 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 flexes all of his muscles and just every part of him just grows larger piece by piece just every bit of him just every individual muscle starting at his core starts just getting larger his muscles get larger his eyes just start to glow orange and yellow just enraged but also becoming the beast that he has been for a long time it's almost like a homecoming for him and then he just <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels good to be back and he looks at the zombie beneath him and on, on hearing the brother cry out he says <laughs> <sighs> No worries, brother. You are not my target. Valentine, when you see this, a single thought echoes through your mind. Good. And what does Desmond do? Desmond uh, aims to maim, as it were. So fully un like no weapons, just unarmed. What color? He's, what color wolf is he? He is a very deep brown. It's a very deep brown, thick fur, but just brolic, and there are speckles of a beige throughout the back of his fur. Like, they start on his shoulders and they kind of go down his back. And he's livid. I'm trying to find the... Sorry, say again? Yeah, roll to attack. I feel like I want to roll the unarmed strike, but I'm trying to find the specifics because the unarmed strike uh, is different. Yeah, if you don't have it, just um, roll. Just tell me what you got on the die. I have it over here. Okay, what? I'm trying to find the specifics. I, I have the page of it. I'm trying mm -hmm. to make sure I find the right D, the right mm -hmm. die to roll. Oh well, you roll a D twenty to attack, no matter what. It's just the the damage. Oh, the damage might vary. Din. Here, I'll send you. We'll use this for now until we uh. Oh, uh, we already rolled. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifteen. Uh, and let me see what there is. This the uh, against the the zombie that is more than enough. Perfect. Uh, you can, uh, you can bite and claw it if you wish. Yes. Okay. Um, 15, the first one is definitely enough to hit it. Um, uh, well, let's resolve this first here. Um, uh, so roll your damage. It's not the regular, it's not a D4 for damage. Uh, no, it is go for your claws. There's going to be 2D4 plus 2. All right, cool. Both of those. I can find a stupid window that hit for me. 
Uh, two, three, so seven. Seven? Perfect. Desmond, you plunge your claws down into this thing and it... <gasps> still starts to get up again uh roll your second attack same 2d4 plus two well roll the d20 first gotta make sure you hit it and if you oh, hit it yeah. then yes it will be uh, actually be no it's going to be a bite actually because you can claw and bite um oh, perfect the bite will be 1d8 plus two so d20 yep it's a lot to keep track of everyone I'm just getting used to D and D Beyond. I'm not using to using this. Uh, mm -hmm. Eight on the attack roll. Uh, believe it or not, that is still enough. It's it's yeah. main defense is not its armor. It is not quick. It is not wearing anything. <laughs> and the D eight is a three, so five. You bite down on the back of it. Yes. Yes. No. I was yes. aiming for its head. Okay. Like he's he's sick of the nonsense. He's aiming for its head. You bite down on the back of its neck where you know finishes most things and just with a loud crunch, rip its head off. And for a moment, it looks like the body is going to try and get up again, but it just shudders to a and lays there. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Finn, you have witnessed this. You've witnessed him kill this thing three times, and it kept getting up again. But there is a skeleton right in front of you who you have its total attention. Oh, fun. Um, I'm going to try to attack it. Hopefully I can dodge away if, it, if I miss. Oh, that's so much better. 17. Uh, that is enough to hit it. The skeletons, again, are wearing worn armor, but they are defended at least. Uh, the zombies are not. Oh, and I'm using this two-handed, so let's get that d10 action. Okay. Uh, that is seven points of damage. You smash down across this, catching on to what you need to do, and like collapsing one of its collarbones and breaking one of its ribs, and when its arm just kind of goes limp, but it is still up and fighting. And it No, I just I would no, please, you I was gonna dodge away so I couldn't get shanked again. <laughs> Alright. Um uh, you can try and move away, or is uh, is that a class thing where you can you can dodge as well as attack? Um, I do have. Oh, you know what? Never mind. It's an action, but I have to call it out. So never mind. Got it. Uh, I'm gonna actually, if I can, hmm? stand behind Ezra because Finn has gotten shanked, so she's not doing so hot. <laughs> Perfect. You can, uh, he's very much like, ah, as, as you yeah. <laughs> move behind him. She is him. not tempted by that blood at all. You see, as you're moving away, the skeleton does try and swing at you, but does so very poorly since it's having difficulty moving its arm up. Uh, and you are able to get away from him. 
Um, Valentine, it is your turn watching Desmond rampage here and Finn attempting to get to safety, both she and Nahara having been injured already. Okay, great. Well, I'm useless to the injured. Uh... And there's still just a, a skeleton standing, or are there a few? Oh, there's a number of skeletons and zombies. In fact, oh, so far only one only one zombie has been destroyed. Uh, two two zombies have been damaged, and the skeleton that Finn just hit looks very damaged. It is still up, but it's very d- hurt. How many can I get within a ten foot distance of? Oh, a bunch of them. I say. Um, mm, Oh, the fates are being kind to you, Valentine. Apparently, nine of the twelve are within range. <laughs> well, because if they're strong, not? this is useless, but I'll cast Arms of Hadar, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, invoke the power of Hadar. Uh, tendrils of dark energy erupt, and everybody within ten feet must make a strength save or take 2d6 of necrotic damage. Um, so I'll do my best to also avoid the non-zombie and skeletons here. And uh, once again, Valentine's eyes will just go kind of completely white and uh, these tendrils will kind of come out of various parts, like out of her ears and eye sockets. Here, in the midst of you having done this, we actually will have to stop because I have a small surprise for all of you. Is while you are fighting desperately for your lives here in the mist, elsewhere, a very different meeting is taking place. What conqueror doesn't dream of having his own or their own domain that completely bends to their will? They can rule the rising and setting of the sun, of the tides, of the land itself, and who can come, and more importantly, who is allowed to go. To have their dreams, their wishes, everything they ever hoped for brought into reality for them to rule over for all time. Unfortunately, in the lands of Ravenloft, in the lands of the Mists, this is a lie. The Dark Lords rule their domains absolutely. They are, in a manner of speaking, gods over the lands that they survey, and yet these lands are a prison. They are a cruel reflection of the Dark Lords themselves, of everything they held dear and everything they thought they wanted. They are all trapped here. They are all ultimately powerless to extricate themselves from the situations that they themselves brought upon themselves by the choices that they made in their mortal lives, by their own actions and on occasion inaction. And yet... In the midst of this eternal life, there still is hope, however small, that something might change. Hope that tomorrow may not be the same as the last thousand yesterdays or the thousand tomorrows to come. That perhaps through some act of power or will or might or guile, they might find freedom or liberation or at least greater conquest. No one knows why the dark powers have created the dread domains. No one knows who exactly they are or what exactly it is that they want, but what those who know the truth are aware of. There was a first domain, 
There was an original Dark Lord. There was one man whose barbarism, whose commitment to conquest, his own bloodthirsty nature in blood-packed with the land that he ruled over and the land of his ancestors caused that land to be transported through space and time to become the very first dread domain. And now in a castle towering high over the lands that he rules with an iron fist, a man stands looking out of his window. Who is he and what is he doing? I am the ancients. I am the land. This land, Barovia. And here, the night is a curse, my curse. With dying of each day's light, wickedness slips from the darkened spires of Castle Ravenloft to work my will. This is my realm. The howls of wolves, the shrieks of ravens echo through the valleys and from the peaks of Barovia. And in the communities, the superstitious villagers find the brightness in their lives smothered by dread. All my subjects know fear. They know the fear of the mists. They know the fear of the night. They know I watch. They know I claim what I desire. And yet, none of them realize the one desire I crave above all other things that has eluded me for time immemorial. And as I stand at the balustrade of the balcony, and look out over my land, over Barovia. It is of that desire, I think. Strahd, as you stand there listening to the wind howling through the trees, the land itself simultaneously praising and perhaps only slightly mocking your pain. You hear hesitant footfalls of one of your servants approaching. <clears throat> my, my, my lord, might I be allowed to gaze upon you? Approach. Alan Scrape, state your business. <laughs> My, my lord, you have a visitor. I am expecting no one. He, he would not give a name. He, he simply said he was your oldest friend. Oh, well, that does narrow the possibilities. Uh, uh. 
how did he appear to you? My lord, I beg your mercy. I realize it will sound like the height of foolishness, but it was it was merely a voice, a presence. He 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 impressed upon me to come here and tell you this message, and yet I could gaze upon no face or or bow to no lord or shake no hand, but I swear to you there was a presence that is asking permission to come in. Do you not see that I am busy, busy, Lord? I have things to attend to. And you trouble me with disembodied voices? I swear to you, on, 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 my, on my parents' grave, I would not disturb you needlessly. I assure you, he, he, he said, he just said he was a king. I, I told him there is only one lord of these lands, and he simply laughed and bid me come forth. Mm. Perhaps uh, another troublesome visitor from beyond the mists who wishes to <laughs> put an end to my rule. Or perhaps, perhaps not. We have not had news of Van Richten in some time. Another taunt, perhaps. Should you, should you hear of him again, I, I swear to you, by my own life and my own sword, I would put an end to this Van Richten in the name of your glory, Lord Strahd, and any who would oppose you. Silence! No more prattling. No more babbling. Let us... Let us grant the gift of hospitality to our guests, whoever it may be. I shall, I shall go back and attempt to usher him hence. Glory to Barovia, my lord. Glory to Strahd. And he turns and scuttles into the next room. Strahd, a few moments later, you are known by many titles. You are known as Conqueror. To some, as the first vampire. But what few recall is you are a necromancer of supreme power. And you are aware, as foolish as this mortal sounded, a presence does flow in to your sanctum, a presence that is not of your domain. What? Do my eyes perceive? What do his eyes perceive, O oh visitor? No visitor enters the room. And yet a large chair by the fire, which was once unoccupied, is no longer so. A figure sits there, richly dressed, though perhaps less ostentatiously than is his custom. As the figure turns, glancing up from a leather-bound book which it holds gently in one hand, you see the undead visage of an old acquaintance, Aslan Rex. Lord of Darkon. 
Come, Monsarevich. Will you not greet me? We are old friends, after all. Well do I remember my time as your guest, and long have I sought to return the kind hospitality you showed me. It's hospitality. A sword with double edges. Indeed. I was too quick to give it this night, it seems. <laughs> well. And I suppose I should bid you welcome, Lich. And there, now, with two of the most powerful entities on this plane or any other greeting themselves for the first time in many ages, here is a good place for us to stop. Stop.